I'm Allison Jacobson, a transformational coach for women in midlife who are ready to rediscover who they were before they took on the roles of mom, partner, caregiver, and manager of everyone in the family. Women who are ready to live out their dreams, but don't know or are afraid to take those first steps. If you're ready to shut the fear up and achieve your professional and personal goals, then this is the show for you. I've also created a Facebook group, My Midlife Tribe, Fabulous Fierce Females, where you'll get to hang out with other women who will support, encourage, and inspire you. I want to help you make midlife the time when you achieve all of your goals. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I am so excited. We're back. Last week, we weren't here because I was doing my five days of curb your guilt. And I have to say for anybody who hasn't joined us on one of these Thursday lives yet, we have wine, we unwind as well from the week because I always like to think of Thursday as Friday, um, because we all work hard. It is Friday Eve. And what I love about this for those of you who haven't joined us, I'm Allison Jacobson. This is Karen Sakowitz, and we go live and we talk about things that are relevant to people in midlife, inspirational stories of everyday women who are crushing it, um, people who can give us advice about nutrition and health and everything else. I think we're going to have to have somebody about midlife sex at some point. We're going to have to find the Dr. Ruth. Um, but it, Sorry, just have Oh, to my go. God. She is? I don't know. Dr. Ruth? Know. All right. Can anybody look and see if Dr. Ruth is still alive? That How funny would that be? She's got to be like 100. Also, that it means we're middle-aged and we have conversations that involve the sentence. Is she still alive? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is pretty bad. But, that, but that's okay. Right? So so we I want to get right to it because... Um, we started talking about this. I started talking about this in Facebook of I've wanted to talk to Tara forever. So I've known Tara, as some of you know, my daughters do all-star cheer and I've known Tara through the all-star cheer world. And then her husband, Quincy is also amazing, but we're only talking about women. And when I started talking about women who are getting past their fears and obstacles and everything that life has thrown us, all the craziness and achieved amazing things as a next chapter, man, freaking Tara comes to mind. And then Karen, as coincidentally, interviewed her for a magazine article. Right. And the article was about people trying new things past the age of 40, I think. Yeah. Um, And it was just really interesting because there were physical things and someone did stand-up comedy for the first time. And then Tara was just, her story was so phenomenal about just kicking her own butt and I know know. that ass so yeah so I would you know so I follow Tara on Facebook and I'd be sitting there in my mornings or even like the best was and we'll talk about this Tara but I'd be like scrolling through I'm like oh yeah there's Tara doing a 50k as I'm like drinking my coffee in the morning oh yeah there's Tara like you know yeah Spartan looking like (laughs) Sheena the barbarian and I'm just like you know meditating and just being a blob but but she inspires me and I always write like Oh my God, you're my hero and keeps me going. So Tara, I'm so glad you're on. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My crazy, uh, my crazy expeditions. And oh my God, it's, it's amazing. And Hey, um, also if anybody, first of all, if you're on say hi, um, because we are watching on our phone. So say hi. If you have questions, if you have comments, 
um, post them. Would love to do it. Um, would love to have those comments. Karen's looking. Dr. Ruth is still alive. Dr. Ruth is still alive. <laughs> this just in. Wow. Oh, she really is. But what's cool about, you know, Tara, we're talking about the Spartan races and everything, is that it's sort of a footnote. But when we talk to all these people, like even um, like Jen that we talked to with the millions of kids. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it's very easy to go, oh, my God, that person is just incredible. I could never do that or be that or whatever. And then but then when you hear it, like Tara, you, like you started out, I think, with an illness before you even ran, and you started out at 40 or why don't you? I don't want to tell yeah. you. Yeah. So let's let's jump in because like badassness, but relatable. That, exactly. Yeah. Badass. And that's why, like. I think that it's great to hear from celebrities and everything, but that doesn't resonate because you're like, oh, well, they have a personal trainer or they have like a nanny and all that stuff. And, but, but everyday people are doing it. Um, so I'd love you to start with, and I know your story, but I'd love you to share how you started as a single teen mom. Like, oh my God. So, yeah. So I was a senior in high school. Um, and I was, um, you know, my ultimate plan had been to go to college, go to law school. And I always, you know, in my mind, it was like, oh, I'm gonna have kids at like 40. And, you know, I'm gonna have a nanny. And this is gonna be this is my master plan. Um, well, it didn't quite work out that way. Um, I had my daughter right after senior graduation, or yeah, senior year graduation. Um, I was told, you know, mo- pretty much everyone abandoned me at the moment, uh, my friends, um, my parents weren't very happy with me. I ended up leaving, um, and living on my own in a unfinished basement apartment, um, with just the money I had saved as, you know, working through high school. I had, didn't have to spend money because my parents pretty much gave me everything. So I just saved it. Um, so I just kind of, I, I basically was on my own. Um, the school told me they didn't want me there. And um, I wasn't, they really said it would be a negative influence on the school. So I was able to graduate with the class, um, but I couldn't be present um, throughout the process of, you know, finishing my second semester of senior year. And, um, you know, my friends had, most of them had told me I was going to amount to nothing. They told me I was gonna be a welfare mom. So I kind of fueled the fire at you know a very early point where I had to stand up for my convictions. That's what I had believed was the right thing to do. No one else did at the time, but I thought it was the right thing to do. And I lived my life with the motto of no regrets. And when I sat down and thought about it 10 years from then, like at the age of 27, what was I going to look back and think of what I did? Mm. Was I going to be proud of it? Or was I going to be, you know, ashamed of it and really sad? So um, that's kind of what fueled it. And uh, it went, you know, I graduated from high school. I had Vanessa. I um, went out looking for a job. I got a job making $5 an hour, which barely like. <laughs> with the baby. For, with the baby, oh which God. barely paid for anything. Um, I took a bus two hours each way to work. I used to walk her through the very bad neighborhoods to get to her daycare. Um, but that's what I did. I did what I had to do at that moment. Um, you know, I was able to go get enrolled in college. Um, I eventually was able to find, I worked my way up through this company. Thank goodness. Um, so I was to get full-time work benefits, which was all I cared about health insurance for her. And I worked full-time, went to school full-time and I had this, you know, little girl toting around with me. Um, we joked that she should have gotten an honorary degree because she came to so many classes. <laughs> And thank God your professors were okay with that, right? 
most of the, she was so good. I gave her munchkins and a chocolate milk and she was good for like three hours. I, I swear, God bless me with this child that would sleep till 9 a.m. She wouldn't make a peep in like a business, a three hour business law class. Like she would color, she would play, she would eat at the age of three. I wow. mean, she was just hanging out, doing her thing. Um, and she was the most easygoing kid. So it was really, I was a blessing, um, but yeah. I was able to you know, graduate. I got my degree got a job in corporate and just, you know, kind of scratched my way up through, through the ropes to try to make sure that I could afford to send her to college. <laughs> right. And then you had more kids. I did. I had, I had Whitney um, the year I graduated from college because I knew I wanted to have one more and I didn't want it to impend upon, you know, my career path. So I had Whitney and I ended up getting a great job in a small company. Um, and I worked my way up and I got an amazing, amazing job. Um, so That's I was incredible. able to, you know, be able to, you know, support my family, you know, prepare for college, all of those things. Um, but it was hard. I mean, it was hard. It was, it was six days. How, a did, you, <laughs> how did you get yourself through those nights where you must have had them of saying, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm just exhausted. How did you get yourself through? There was honestly that never crossed my mind. I couldn't do it because I had no choice. I had to do it. I had a child depending on me. I mean, I had to do it. It was, it was bigger than me. It was, it was about her. I had to be able to, you know, get myself to a place where I could take care of her by the time she was, you know, going to school, you know, five years old, find a place where I could live, where she could go to school um, and, you know, be able to send her to college in, in 18 years. And that goes by really fast. Like, everyone thought when they saw me with her, that I was her nanny in most cases at full functions. Um, because, you know, it just, it goes by very quickly those 18 years. And it's, you know, it's incredible when you think about those friends of yours who said you were going to amount to nothing. And most likely the, the responsibility and the maturity you had at such a young age versus them is the exact opposite. It's, it's pretty ironic because it was pretty interesting in the 20 year high school, grad, uh, high school reunion. Oh, wow. Uh, the expressions and they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it was pretty interesting because, you know, the playing field levels a bit, yep. um, you know, yep. by that point. So it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was nice to see everyone. And it was nice to see that, you know, we all survived. <laughs> Everybody has their story, but you made it. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was good. It's, it's, I, I feel like it, I feel like it shaped who I am today. Oh, I'm sure. And then you had your health issues. Yeah. So um, at 29, I was diagnosed with cancer. I was blindsided after I had Luke, my fourth. Um, I had no idea. I had absolutely no, I didn't even, I didn't even see the tumor. Someone else saw it on me. Um, I was, you know, I was working full time. I had the four kids, two under two. Um, and I only took three weeks maternity leave. So I was exhausted um, and everyone thought it was nothing and it ended up being something. And um, it was a really scary moment because I had these four little children and I didn't know if I was going to be around for another year. Mm. Um, so, you know, everyone said surgery, do this, do that. And I kind of just like froze. I told everyone time out. I need to figure out what I want to do. Um, so I did eventually have surgery about six months later when the tumor was ginormous. <laughs> wow. Um, and, uh, and uh, we thought we were, I was okay. Um, and about 10 years later, um, there was an incident that happened and there were little incidents along the way that once they 
looked back, it made sense, but nothing really made sense going into it. There were like little moments of like where I have like um, issues with memory confusion and they just mm. chalked it up to being busy and having a lot of kids and having a crazy schedule. Um, they did CAT scans and they really didn't see anything that made sense. Um, but I got a concussion and what happened was um, it, it caused my body to attack my brain wow. and they couldn't, well, they eventually did somewhat figure out why, but um, the process, it was, it was really scary because I've never lost blocks of time and memory. Yeah. Um, I had in the, like I was, had an affinity at my job, which was very stressful to begin with to remember facts, figures, um, numbers. It was very financial driven. So I wasn't sure of myself, which was the worst feeling because I didn't know if I was, if I was remembering things correctly, um, or I couldn't remember. So they eventually came to the bottom of it and said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to you because you could be a hundred times worse a year from now. We want to put you on medication and, uh, put you on all this, you know, immunosuppressants and things like that. And I walked out of there and I was like, I'm done. I'm not coming back. Wow. And I made a bucket list and Spartan was number one. <laughs> so wow. I did the Spartan race. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, it's interesting because, and we talked about this a little bit. I mean, single mom, cancer, all of this, a lot of people would have just crawled under a rock and given up. And you had the, the, courage and also the self-awareness to walk out of that doctor's office and were, were, were people at that point saying no you're making the wrong decision oh yeah everyone everyone my parents they think I'm crazy they they just know I'm stubborn I'm very stubborn um but if if I'm con if I'm convicted in what I'm doing like if I truly believe that what I need to do is the right thing for me then that's what it's got to be um regardless of what the shortfalls may be um right. but it took because what they were telling me, I didn't want to hear. I was yeah. like, I, I don't want to be on medication. I don't, I mean, I'm going to be 40 years old. What, what does this mean? Yeah. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm going to do all the things that I keep putting off. I wanted to do a Spartan race for like three years. And I was afraid of it. I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not in shape. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to do it. Um, <laughs> And, and I did it and it took me forever and I couldn't walk downstairs for three days afterwards, but I loved it. Um, and I decided to kind of, you know, train for it and, you know, do the things I needed to do. I'd never run before. I hated gym. You'd never run before. And you woke up and said, I'm going to do a Spartan race. Yep. <laughs> That's, I never did a 5k. I hated oh running God. in gym. I would avoid it. Gym, I mean, I, I pay to go run. It's crazy. But it was just those kids, you, know, you avoid the gym class because it's, you know, the mile day. Right. right. Um, that was me. But How did you yeah, even so start training for it? And, um, it was a couple of races in. I had signed up. It was a, a couple of races. I mean, most of the races that you do, if you run in the open group, with the you get you, you can help each other over walls. I couldn't do the walls. I couldn't do a rope. I couldn't do a rig or monkey bars. Um so I started with the running. That's the biggest obstacle. And I did a Hal Higdon free half marathon training program. And I ran every single day outside here in these crazy hills. Um, and I just followed the program and I did it for, I did it one time I through. I ran a double header half marathon in that November. And then I kept, you know, I did it again, all over again. Um, 
And then I realized I had it to strength train. So I started doing CrossFit and um, I love CrossFit. Like I never thought I would ever be able to do a pull-up, like never in a million years. Like it was impossible. Like I would hang there like, I can't do this. And I have to say that was one of your posts that just blew me away because I felt that. I felt when you said, I can't do this. And then when you did it, I mean, that was incredible. Yeah. I mean, it took. It took probably about two solid years to get some nice linked pull-ups together. I mean, now I can, I could bang out a hundred and, you know, 20 minutes or something like we do them, you do them in workouts. Um, But it's really, it's just chipping away at it. And it's the consistency over time. And I, you don't see big results, you know, in, in three months or even six months. I mean, I'm now almost six years in. Um, and I'm still, you know, learning new things and getting better at new things and, um, you know, getting, you know, closer to those goals every year I make goals. And that's a, that's a really good point because I've got a course coming up from stress to success and really talking about the way you get success is not just having this long-term goal because you're just going to get burnt out and you have to have those in between wins to feel good about yourself those little victories like and even if it's just making a schedule like i make a training schedule at the beginning of the week because half of the week i could be exhausted like i don't feel like doing it well once it's written down in my journal and once i have this massive blackboard in my training room once it's on the board it's got to get done like it's just that's not an option i have to I, i will guilt myself over it like i see it every time i get on the bike or the rower so i'm like oh gotta do it you know, so I just, I follow the plan and it's just making sure I hit all those little workouts throughout the week, or, you know, I follow my nutrition program throughout the week and I stay on track. Like those are the small victories and, you know, just getting, just doing it. You can't think about it. You just got to do it. Right. Well, and that's another thing we've been talking a lot about in this group is the, the mind clutter, right. Of so much that we have obligations from our husband and our kids and our job and our friends. And how did you, I mean, this is a big commitment. How did you fit this in with work and your kids and everything else? How did you schedule it? I would schedule, um, I mean, before COVID, um, I was, you know, part of the big, you know, 5.30 a.m. joyride class. Like I was, that was my jam. I had my bike, I had my group, my all, you know, we were, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, you know, I, I would be the one that rolls in at 5.28 every single day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like Tara's coming, we know she's coming. Um, and, uh, and then I would, you know, do CrossFit after work. With COVID, um, I'm really lucky because we've always had a home gym. I just never used it. Um, so with COVID, we kind of ramped it up a little bit. I was able to get some spin bikes and we got, you know, some other stuff and we have, you know, full, full weights. And it, I really had to be disciplined, like in my day being at home, like, okay, I have to work out from this time to this time. Then I have to go to work from this time to this time. Um, and that's what I do now. So I usually I'll work out in the morning, um, for a couple hours then I go to work and then I come home and I have like another hour after work that I have to do a program. Um, but it's just, you know, when the kids, if they have something going on, they, oh, I need this. Oh, you got to wait an hour, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the part that I would, that's the, that's the tough part. I mean, well, the whole thing is tough, but you know what I mean? Like the, the, yes, the, yeah, tell it, the and, kids know, I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm going to class from this time to this time. I can pick you up here, you know, at this time or this time. Otherwise you got to wait. 
This is exactly what I'm talking about in my class, because there are so many moms who will give in and not set those boundaries. And it's so important to set those boundaries for yourself. Yes, well, definitely. Do you see a result with your kids? Because I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that rubs off. And now that they're, you know, teens or older or whatever. I mean, do you see that as as something they'll, they'll prioritize for themselves? They do. It's funny because I, I think I may have created some monsters. <laughs> um, you know, my son, he is, uh, he wants to play division one football. So he has been, he gets up, he actually lost 75 pounds in the last year. Wow. Oh my his, God. On his own. I, I, I have no hand in it. He, he went keto. He cooks for himself. He meal preps for himself. Um, he trains at 5am and then again in the evening. Um, and my, my son, my other son too, they are both, you know, they work out, um, they have their own meal plans and nutrition plans and they've made it a priority in their life. And I only give advice when they ask, like, I'd be like, dude, you know, you might want to like take a rest day. (laughs) No, my shoulder hurts. You need to rest it. Um, but they are, you know, I don't, I don't tell them they should do it. You know, they just kind of have started on their own. Um, I think that speaks and, to modeling you know, behavior. You know, they always say you can tell people, but it's it's really what you do and what yeah, they see you do. Speak louder than well, and I think it's also important that they've seen you prioritize you and prioritize yeah. your own needs. Yep. And, you know, and it's, you know, eating, eating healthy. And um, I mean, of course, they always have, you have cheat days and you have, you know, you know, celebrations and things like that. But, um, you know, just seeing how hard they work and not wanting to derail it with certain things. Um, It's interesting. It's interesting to see how it's progressed, especially, you know, with COVID because we've all been kind of stuck in the house. (laughs) I had to make a gym schedule (laughs) because everyone's fighting over the gym. (laughs) (laughs) You probably have a nicer gym than most gyms around. True. I, it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a meathead boy gym, but it's okay. I just want them to pick up their weights. Like it went from being not picking up your toys, not picking up your dumbbells and your plate. <laughs> I'm like, guys, come on, strip your weights. I, I'm pulling 300 pounds off the, off the bench rest, please. <laughs> That's hysterical. But, and, and before we got on too, we were, we were talking a little bit about, you know, you've got a choice when you're facing your own mortality, when you're facing these obstacles and challenges of you're either going to do it or you're going to hide under a rock. No. And the thing is the time passes, the time days pass and you have so many hours in a day to, to, to make something of it, to do something with it. Um, And I feel like every day is such an opportunity. I mean, I've done some of these, these crazy events and I have a friend who's, who's this, you know, she's an insane ultra runner, but she says, she's like, I can't find anyone to do it with me. I'm like, what do you want to do? She's like, Oh, I want to go here. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we're road tripping. And she's like, you know, I'm not specifically technically trained to be an ultra runner, but I will go and I will do them with her. And, and that's what we do. You know, it's, it's a great challenge. It's, it's an interesting, um, it's interesting to see how to, how you, you can push yourself so far and how your mind controls so much because at certain points your mind will just kind of shut you down or will try to shut you down 
and your body can do so much more. If How do you get mind, past that, Tara? Um, the last time Crystal gave me a kick in the ass. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. She's like, get up. You're going out there. Don't do this. You're going to be mad at yourself. Because I was like, I had, I had, my, I had a stress fracture on my foot. I didn't know it at the time, but I just knew it was an amazing amount of pain. And uh, she was like, you only have 10 more miles to go. She's like, just do it. And I'm like, I, it was like, you know, 4 a.m. We had run through the night and I was like, I was just zonked. I, I was like, I, you know, and she's like, and she gave me this huge guilt trip. And I was like, you know what, you're right. I'm like, I came all the way out here and we just went out and, you know, I just took, I took a lot of Motrin. Don't recommend it at all. I don't recommend it, but it, it's what got me through. I mean, I just needed to get through it. Um, so it's, but I have to consciously know that my mind is going to trigger at certain points. And I just have to be able to develop a mantra. And I usually do have one, like it's like four little phrases. And I just, it gets me out of that bad place and back into like a positive place. I'm um, sure everybody wants to know what, share yeah. one or two of those. Um, I'm, tra- I've trained, I'm ready. You know, I can do that. I can do this. Um, I'm strong. And those are kind of like, I'm strong. I'm trained. I'm ready. I can do this. Like, I just kind of like, I will keep going through it. And when I'm in that dark place, you can tell as I'm coming out of it, like with the mantra, how my cadence changes and my, my body becomes less stressed. Like I can feel the stress kind of just like leave my shoulders as I'm running. Um, and it just kind of, it kind of like, it's like when you're in like a tailspin and you kind of have to like turn into it and you pull out of it. It's kind of like what it feels like. I'm just like, okay, yep. That's averted back on track. I, you know, minds, cause once your mind takes you to a dark place, it's, yeah. you know, it can get really ugly and it's, yeah. it controls so much and you can, you can do so much more if you let yourself just kind of like stay positive and, and just kind of push through it. Even if you slow down, even if you, you know, even if you take a break and rest, I mean, take a moment for yourself. You're having a terrible day. Just take like 10 minutes and just kind of like refocus, reframe right? and bring that positivity back. It, and honestly, just smiling and laughing. <laughs> it sounds crazy. No, but like, I'll laugh at myself. In most cases, <laughs> if I'm having a bad day, if I do something, I trip or I fall or I'm always doing some crazy stuff in the office. I'm tripping over file cabinet drawers that are left open. Usually by me. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just a way for me to kind of like break it up and just, you know, stay back, keep, you know, keep myself back on track, the track I need to stay on. And I think that's physical challenges, business challenges, everything, yes. you know, yeah. it, it is that mindset. And I, and I talk about that of having affirmations and, and really getting yourself past that, not allowing those limiting beliefs to stop you. Cause man, especially as women, we have those limiting beliefs. Yeah. It's been drilled into us since we were young girls. But yes, the limits that, you know, you can't do this or this is too hard for you or, you know, leave it to the guys to do that. Like, unfortunately, I hear it more frequently than I want to hear it. Um, you know, like, oh, why do you have so many muscles? Are you trying to be like a guy? Like, it's really annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I blame you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's just kind of pushing out of that and doing whatever you want to do, even if it's not something that you would normally that, you know, women haven't kind of ventured into. Right. Because mm-hmm. just because we haven't done it doesn't mean that you can't do it. 
You just right. have to kind of push past the naysayers and just kind of like focus on your path and let them all kind of move to the side. And so you have fabulous husband who I love and adore. Yeah. Is this something you always do together or is this your thing as well? We started it together and then like he kind of got a little bit resentful with it. Interesting. Um, with the training and stuff that the, the, like the time I was spending. Uh -huh. uh, and when he realized it wasn't just a fad or a phase, he kind of like, was like, okay, fine. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> that's great. He's like, great. if that's going to do and it makes you happy, then do it. Um, that's great. But you know, I usually, you know, the races I'm traveling either with one of my race friends or by myself, which is really intimidating. Um, sometimes you, know, you show up to the, the start line and you're like, okay. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, the ultras, it's, it's hard to be by yourself, like, and have no, like, some people have crews, and I really need to start finding someone who will go out there and just hang out for like 30 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and feed me and like change my clothes if I need them. Wow. They do, people have crews, they have crews that will come in and they will take care of them. And, you know, change their clothes and change their shoes and feed them and, and just so they don't have to think and they just push them back out. It's your pit crew. Um, yeah, pit crew. It's, yes, it's basically a pit crew. But like in most cases, we don't have a pit crew. So it's just the two of us, um, my friend Crystal and I. And um, and it's hard. I mean, and other people's pit crews will like offer stuff and like they'll try to help you. But you need at some point someone just be like, just to like, you know, even if it's just like, okay, you know, just chill, relax. You got this, you know, just some positivity or anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, you know, so it's it's tough not having you know, people, your people with you at these things. Um, and sometimes in life, it's like that, like you're by yourself. And sometimes you just have to kind of walk those paths alone and, and, uh, and, and push yourself, yourself through it, your self-support. Well, and, and again, one of the things we talk about in this group is you also have to get rid of the people in your life who aren't going to support you and find that tribe who's always going to lift you up because especially as women, that's so important. Yes. No, definitely to have a good inner circle of people who will just kind of like listen to events um, who will support whatever you, you know, you're looking to do, whether it's, you know, a business venture or go after a new job or a new hobby or whatever it might be. Um, but someone who's just like, yeah, that's an awesome idea. Go for it. Right. right. <laughs> exactly why not yeah exactly yeah. I mean it's just you know just to have that that all that positivity surrounding you um makes the world a difference because if you have people who are kind of dragging you down it's it's it eventually really wears your 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 whole mental capacity down it's so you really true want to think about venturing out and doing new things you just right. think okay I'm just going to stay and do what I'm doing because I want to avoid the conflict Right. Yeah. Yep. So what's next on your bucket list? Um, right now, I'm still going after that elusive hundo, 100 miler. I have made two attempts. I got to 42 and then 50. Um, that, is that all at once? <laughs> yeah. <just> Clarify. <laughs> and, then, and, then and then I was like, okay, you know, what? I'm going to do 100K and, and give myself a little bit of a stepping stone. Um, so I did the hundred K in November, which is like 68 ish miles because I don't know yeah. what they were take. Lost. Um, and so, yeah, in April I have the hundred miler, um, and I'm, four I'm marathons. not, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I was doing I'm the math. It's like four marathons. Yeah. 
not giving up this time. Um, we are, we are gung ho and we're going to do it. I don't care how, what I had to do, but oh my God. I'm going to, I'm going to get it. Um, and then after that, I am looking at um, uh, triathlons. I have two triathlons coming up, which absolutely scares the heck out of me. Um, and usually that's why I do stuff because if something really scares me. I have to do it because I don't I like being anything. <laughs> love it. Oh my God. I love it. So um, I have a, a two triathlons coming up this summer and um, yeah, I'm not sure about the fall. I've been doing some smaller like cross style <laughs> events. <laughs> I may go bungee jumping or skydiving. Who knows? <laughs> no, it's it will, I have I, I, I would love to be your pit crew. Will you be the pit crew? Totally be the pit crew. Oh my gosh. Oh my awesome. god, that'd be so much okay, fun. The pit crew pit crews have bonfires and they have usually lots of alcohol. <laughs> and I think that's well suited for this job. I think that's where I went wrong. And I told my friend, I was like, you know what? I think I need to start drinking. So I don't really drink. Um, but everyone's drinking fireballs at like mile 80. And I'm like, I think I'm missing it. I missed the boat here. (laughs) You have a goal to get to mile 80 now. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so that the hundred miler, I have, uh, some, hopefully some Spartan events. They're not doing them around here. So I'd have to travel. Um, and then I have this crazy race in December. It's, um, 150 miler, but it's like kayak. It's biking and it's running. Yeah, oh my God. So in December like, though, kayak. It's in oh, December. Nice. It's in Florida. It's from uh, Miami oh. to the Keys. Okay. So it sounds pretty cool. cool. But again, you know, kayak, water, open water kayaking, not super, yeah. you know, great at it, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. That's it. We will just figure it out. Oh my, God, oh my gosh. Well, I want, I, I like, want to keep posting pictures of you as you're doing this in April, because oh, yeah. this is just amazing. Like we want to follow uh, along. Chronicle. You're really ugly looking like halfway through. <laughs> That's amazing. Where do you start? Where is it in April? It's in Virginia. It's in Damascus, Virginia. Okay. Um, last time I was down there for the first one, the my first attempt at this one, it poured for the entire time I was out there for, I was out there for about 12 hours. Um, and it just poured. It was, it was, really really grueling um so yeah i uh, no, i can't even imagine oh my god i was like I'm still thinking the mileage i didn't even think of weather weather exactly wow. yeah that's the, it, the weather was it was it was beautiful the day before and then it poured so it was just oh. one of those races that were you can't control it and no just you just have to do it to the best oh we could and a mile 50 i was like okay i'm done <laughs> That's the mental part of it. Like, you know, I was, I could have gone further probably, but I just, I, but at mile 50, I didn't want to, it was raining so much. Again, how many marathons is that? That's like two marathons at mile 50. Oh my God. I mean, that's the other part is knowing when to, to call it. And, um, I, I try to not call it when I don't need to, and I'm trying to, you know, limit my calling it moments in life. Mm like, you know, walking away from stuff, but you know, it's, it's, you have to know when it's time and, and yeah. when you, you can go a little further and to trust yeah. your body. Um, yeah. Hey, does anybody, if anybody has any questions for Tara, I am on, I can look at it. Um, everybody, we've got people on watching you. Carolyn Barisi's on watching you, Tara. Carolyn, hey, Carolyn. <laughs> 
Um, miss so all the cheer this, friends. What? Miss all the cheer friends. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this is un unbelievable. And I'm so glad you came on. And mm -hmm. what is one piece of advice you would give women in midlife trying to go for their next goal? Don't be afraid to take the, take the, the risk. Um, I mean, everything is a risk, but if you're going to look at yourself in five or 10 years and say, I wish I did that, or think you might say that, go for it. I mean, the, what's the worst that can happen is it won't work out. And then I always try to have like in the back of my mind, like a plan B, like if this doesn't work out, then I'm going to have to do this. Um, you know, in my corporate career, I got to where I wanted to go and I realized that it wasn't where I wanted to be. Like I had this great job with, you know, all of these things, great salary. Um, I was a director at like 38, which is like, you know, in, in a company like that, a male dominated company to be a female director, at, you know, under 40 was, you know, a big deal for them. Um, but I turned out like I missed out on so much with my kids. I had no flexibility. Um, and it was a, some of a toxic work environment, to put it bluntly. <laughs> um, they had no regard for family, for children, or you couldn't say anything about family. Um, and I realized that that's not where I wanted to be. And I said, you know what? I'm going to find something else. And I found like a stepping stone to a place, I would call it a placeholder. It was a job that wasn't terrible. I, you know, it was a nice company. Um, and I could have, could have been a great job, but they ended up taking over another company. Um, and I told them, I suggested that, you know, the person who I shared the role with had more experience. And I said, well, she obviously has more experience. I ended up finding something else. Something else came along and I found a job in an amazing company, a small company, um, doing the same job, but actually seeing that I can make a difference. Um, great. And with flexibility and, you know, great regard for family and all those things. So there's, you have to kind of take the risk and kind of have a little bit of a backup, but um, be able and willing to take the risk and know that you can make it work. It should, you know, it will work out. Um, however, it, it, it fall, you know, the, the cards fall, it will work out. Um, yeah. But you kind of just being in a, in a, in a place where you don't want to be, being unhappy, um, and you, you know, with your kids, you don't have the luxury of making up that time. So if it's flexibility with the job, um, where you can't, you know, you can't prioritize your children, um, there's always it, things where work's going to come up. But if there's no work-life balance, if they just want you to be there 24/7 or be on call 24/7, and um, and you have young children. And it, you're absolutely miserable. It's not worth it. I, agree. I mean, I made lifestyle changes. I got rid of a big truck. I drove a Prius for a while. I, you know, I did what I had to do. I looked at my, I looked at the, I was like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to have to make some changes and then, you know, it will work. It could work. And, and I think that's important. Changes. And I talk about that too, is how badly do you want it? Yeah. If that goal is not a passionate why, you're not going to stick with it. You've got to want it. You have to, you have to, because it's not about motivation. It's really about discipline when it comes down to it. And you have to really be disciplined enough to, to make the changes necessary to make it happen Yeah. Um, on a consistent basis. 
it's really, it does. But it's worth it, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If it's what you want, you can get thing. And I tell my kids this, you can do anything you want to do. You just have to work for it. Yep, exactly. Tara, you have been amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, this was wonderful. And um, everybody have a great rest of your evening and take care.